Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. What's up, everybody? So excited to be back with you in the great city of Janesville for such an important teaching as this one. We're excited that you said yes to Jesus' invitation to be here online, to hear what we would say to you regarding what it looks like uh, to open our hearts and giving to the Lord financially. Now, this is your first time ever being exposed to our church. Uh, maybe you're here with some level of skepticism regarding church and organized religion, particularly as it pertains to money. Maybe you've had a bad experience at your old church on this issue. You've had friends or family close to you who have. And it took everything you had to log in with us today just to hear the preacher on the camera talking about money. And you like, I knew it. These blankety blank churches are all the same. Always talking about money. You, you always want money. Get your hands out of my pocket, preacher. If that's you, I just want you to calm down. Take a deep breath like this. <sighs> Count to 10. Please don't log off. Uh, I, I promise that that's not how we roll around here. We don't preach and teach about money every week or every other week, but we do want to make sure uh, our attitude about money is accurate and that we allow Jesus to show us how he has blessings and guarantees attached to how we treat the finances he has entrusted us with. And can I also reassure someone today about who God is as it pertains to our stewardship? Please, please know our God is a promise-making and promise-keeping God. Extremely important distinction, right? Because y'all know people like this. Anybody can make a promise. Politicians do it all the time. You, no new taxes, read my lips. You remember that? Right. And then 18 months later, look at my tax bill. What happened? Right. Or, or that friend that we all have, you know, that person that seems to know as soon as we get paid because they seem to show up on our caller ID, our DM, our text trail. As soon as the money hits our account, how do they do that? They come at us like, hey, man, let me get. Can I hold 50? Can I hold 150? Can I hold 250 dollars till next week? I promise, bro. I promise on the Holy Bible. I promise on the Holy Bible. I'm going to pay you back next week. But they conveniently don't mention that they reneged on their promise to repay you the last three times they borrowed money from you. And listen, I just need you to know that unlike your brother, your used to be boo thing or that buster you used to call your buddy. When God makes you a promise, no weapon formed against you, no plot designed to stop you, no jack leg that's just plain hating on you will be able to keep you from getting what God has for you. Oh, you need a verse, right? You need a verse? I got one for you. Uh, the Bible says uh, in Numbers 23, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human so that he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised, somebody say promised? Yeah, and not carried it through? Yeah, that's who our God is. He is a promise-making and promise-keeping God. Let me give you another verse. Uh, Hebrews 6 says, so God has given us both his promise, somebody say promise, yeah, and his oath. These two things are unchangeable, why? because it is impossible 
for God to lie. But everybody, here's the other piece of this I need you to embrace. God makes two types of promises. Uh, the first type of promise he makes is unconditional promises, unconditional promises. Now, these are promises that he makes irregardless and independent of anyone else or any outside factors. Let me give you an example. Jesus says in John chapter 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may also be where I am. Hey, can I remind somebody today that Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, promises to come back for his bride, his church, his people. And we will forever be together in his presence where there will be no more pain, no more war, no more division, no more hate, where love and peace and joy will abound forevermore. Is anybody excited that Jesus is coming back one day? And everybody, that's an unconditional promise that he makes to us. And then number two, there are conditional promises. Now these are the promises that depend on us doing our part in order for him to do his part. Now, once we step out on faith and trust God with what he's asking of us, particularly in the area of giving to him financially, there are guarantees, everybody, that he provides for us through our obedience. And I'd like to talk to you about three guarantees uh, that he provides for us. Number one, for my note takers, we want you to see that when we are faithful and our giving to God, God guarantees us increased blessings. God guarantees us increased blessing. Uh, Acts 20 uh, says this. It says, in uh, everything I did, I showed you that by this type of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord. Here it is. Jesus gave, Jesus, the Lord Jesus himself said, he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, Luke 6 says this. It says, give and it will be given to you. Did you see that? Give, that's our condition, and it will be given to you, right? That's God's guarantee. That's his promise. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap for the measure you use. You see that? Our, 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 our part. It will be measured back to you, all right? That's our guarantee. And so, okay, what's the overarching principle that we're being taught here? Bottom line, there is more blessing in giving than in receiving. Now, notice I didn't say there is a blessing in giving. I said there is more blessing. Okay, uh, in the book of uh, Mark chapter 12 and in Luke chapter 21, there's this famous story of the widow's might. Now, can I just walk through Mark's version of the story? Chapter 12, verse 41 says, Jesus sat down, Near the collection, near the collection box uh, in the temple, and watched as the crowds dropped their money. Boom! Somebody say watched. Somebody say Jesus watched. Right. Point number one: Jesus is watching how we give. You, you saw it, right? You just read it. The Bible says he sat down near the collection box and he watched as the crowds dropped their money. He, he, Jesus is watching. How we give. And you say, Pastor Ray, why is that important? Because watch this. You don't take the time to watch what you don't care about. 
I wish I can get an amen right there. Mamas, you watch your babies. Why? Because you care about them. Business people, you watch your investments. Why? Because you care about them. Fellas, we watch our sports. Go Bears, go Cubs. Why? Because we care about them. Teenagers, you watch your TikTok videos. Why? Because you care about them. Listen, nobody takes the time to watch what they do not care about. What's my point? Jesus cares about our attitude as it pertains to giving. And he is watching what we're doing in this area. Let me keep reading. Many rich people uh, put large amounts uh, in the collection, but then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and was like, hey, fellas, check this out. You see it? See it? He says, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions for they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. You ready? Bam! Point number two for my note takers. Jesus is not only watching what we give with our hands. He's also watching what we give from our hearts. Oh my God, if I was in church, I'd get an amen right there. I'm gonna say it again. Jesus is not only watching what we give with our hands, he's also watching what we give from our hearts. Now, what am I saying? Am I saying that Jesus is asking us to give everything we got? Honestly, I can't answer that. Now, that's a question between you and Jesus. But what I can tell you is that this widow had a heart. Uh, she, she, she had a heart that said, Jesus, I don't have much. But what I do have, I want you to know you have access to my mind, my body, my gifts, my talents, my money. Jesus, I give it all to your glory to use for your glory and honor. And everybody, see, that's the real question we need to be asking ourselves. Does Jesus have access to all of you or just part of you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the real question we need to be asking. Does Jesus have access to every aspect of your life, including your money? Or are there still areas where we're saying, Jesus, you're welcome here and you're welcome here, but I'm not allowing you in this space, Jesus, especially concerning my money. It got awful quiet in the chat box all of a sudden. Yeah, what's the point? It's There is more blessing in giving than there is in receiving. And my favorite part of this verse is when Jesus says in verse 43, when he called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. Out of everyone who gave, Jesus notices her. And not only did he make sure he pointed her out and make her known to the disciples, he made sure everybody, he pointed her out and made her known to everyone who will ever read her story in the Bible. She became a woman blessed beyond measure. Why? Because Jesus saw her heart with what she gave with her hand. And listen, I can't think of a, of a greater blessing than Jesus seeing me in you, noticing me in you, pointing out me and you around uh, to everybody that's around him. I mean, come on. What are we doing what we're doing for if it's not for Jesus? Listen, when I played football, I could make 65, 70,000 people stand up and cheer with something good that I did on the field. But that's just temporary. Them people will cheer you on in one moment and boo you off the field the next moment. But how many of y'all know only what we do for Christ is going to last? I want Jesus to see me. 
I said, I want Jesus to see me because when he sees me, everybody, there's more blessing attached to that than anything else in the world. And when we're faithful in our giving to God, God guarantees, he guarantees us increased blessing. But secondly, when we're faithful in our giving to God, God guarantees to increase our world, to increase our world. Let me show you this verse in, in Proverbs chapter 11. I'm going to show you two versions. This one version says, uh, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. That's a great passage, right? It's very pointed. But now listen to the same passage in the message version of the Bible. Message reads like this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Did you see that? I said the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Everybody, listen, when we give, when we're generous with God, it opens up our eyes and the opportunities we find in the world in so many ways. You say financial opportunities? Yes, that's accurate and that's 100% true. But also, everybody, opportunities to influence people who don't look like you. Opportunities to influence the influential for Jesus. Opportunities to transform the next generation for Jesus. He literally enlarges your entire world. I, I gotta tell you the story. This one story encapsulates everything that I'm trying to communicate to you. Listen, um, when you're dealing with a global pandemic, that is in itself unprecedented. But then you couple that with civil and racial unrest ignited by the murder of George Floyd and all of the hate and the division and the protests and the looting and the rioting. I don't know about y'all, but most nights I couldn't believe what I was watching. I thought either Jesus is coming back now or I missed the second coming of Christ and I am literally stuck in hell on earth. Anybody ever felt like that at times last year? Yeah. And so at the height of this thing, I wanted to change my phone number because every white pastor friend I had, y'all, was blowing up my phone. Ray, we got to talk. Ray, what does this stuff mean? Ray, how can we fix our country? Like I had all of the answers all of a sudden because I'm a black man, right? It was crazy. But they meant well and it was cool to engage in these conversations. Well, many of you guys know one of the ways that I help to provide for my family, uh, that, I that I help to provide for my family is by uh, doing corporate motivational talks for companies and corporations and businesses, but also by being invited to speak at churches in groups like the Salvation Army and YMCA and Fellowship of Christian Athletes, etc. So typically, when I get a call to do any type of speaking, there needs to be some level of compensation connected with it. Well, uh, I'm connected with a church down near my college campus, Eastern Illinois University in Charleston, Illinois. And, and, and the church is called the Fields Church in Mattoon, Illinois. It, it is a community that is 98% white. And the associate pastor called me up and said, Ray, we need your help, man. We cannot speak to what is happening in our country today. Would you please have a conversation with us about race and how we can hope to move toward greater reconciliation. We'll do a Zoom, we'll record the Zoom conversation and we will use our conversation as the morning message to our people across both of our campuses in Mattoon and Charleston. I said, of course I'll help. And usually y'all, there's a nice fee attached for me doing something like this, especially with the global pandemic drying up all of my scheduled speaking engagements for the year, we could have really used that money. 
but everybody, I didn't ask for them to give me anything for doing this. I realized everybody was hurting financially, especially churches who weren't able to gather for in-person worship. So I gave my time away. I was generous. I, I think they donated to my nonprofit. Uh, the monies didn't come to me directly. But anyway, I felt the Lord giving me a piece about it. And I felt like as if he was saying to me, Ray, you be generous with these folks gathering in my house, and I'm going to be generous to you and to your house. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I did the Zoom, majority white community. And when I tell y'all the Facebook Messenger messages I received would bring you to tears of how God used that conversation. The Fields Church actually posted the conversation online. So if you Google me, you can find it. But listen, Central Illinois, everybody, may as well be a world away. It may be a whole nother world with the people and the mentality and, and all of that. But everybody, Jesus was glorified and people were challenged who did not look like me. God used it to help them connect with me as we shared the good news of Jesus as our only real hope of healing. Now, little did I know that while I was being generous with God and with my time and talents and treasure by not asking for any money for speaking, God was being generous with, generous with me. Theo Epstein, the former president and general manager of the Chicago Cubs walked into the vice president of communications office and said, Jason Hayward, our gold glove left fielder of the Chicago Cubs, who happens to be African-American, by the way, y'all, came up to him and said the team needed to bring in somebody who could speak uh, to this racial divide in our country. He had all his white players and teammates, not just from the Cubs, but from all over the league, hitting him up asking him questions that he could not answer. And Theo wanted a suggestion from the VP of who they could bring in to address these issues and who would do a good job. The vice president of communications, Julian Green, said, I got the guy, Ray McElroy. Then, of course, Theo Epstein says, who in the bleep is Ray McElroy? Well, let me give you a little bit of a backstory. I met Julian Green at an event six months prior when he and I were being awarded a Fatherhood Initiative Award for being good fathers as well as active in giving back to our communities. So he heard me speak. I mean, really all I did, y'all, was I just shared a few remarks, but he was impressed with me, and God put me on his heart to share with the president of the Chicago Cubs. Now, mind you, I had zero, what did I say? Zero speaking experience on racial issues, none. I, I don't have any talks, any material on racial content. But once Julian dropped my name, Theo goes and does what any young whiz kid executive does. He Googles me. And the first video that pops up from the pastor, preacher, and motivational speaker with no prior content on matters of race and rec rec racial reconciliation, the first video that pops up is the video Zoom conversation I did with the Fields Church for free, just wanting to honor God and be a blessing to his people. Theo, everybody, who is not a Christian, watches the entire video, hears the gospel. I wish I could tell you he was radically transformed when we heard the gospel, but he hears the gospel, runs back to the VP of communications office and said, he's perfect. We need him. Let's get him in here. Y'all, I went from doing a free talk for God's people down in Mattoon, Illinois, to doing five paid sessions for God's baseball team. I said it, yeah. 
last year at the height of COVID-19, where they were laying people off and not trying to spend extra money as well as restricting access to players in the stadium. These folks found money for me, opened the door for me to hang out at the stadium. And, 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 and at that time last year, everybody, that time last year has turned into a 13-week opportunity this year to influence the influencers for Jesus, sharing the gospel with players, coaches, and support staff, while also continuing the conversation around fairness, love, and equality for all people at over three times the amount that I got paid last year. Listen, David Ross, the Cubs manager, loves me. I'm building real meaningful relationship with players and support staff. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And the best part, is that after my most recent session just a couple of weeks ago with the Cubs, uh, the VP of communications told me that they want to do a private screening uh, of a movie for the organization at Wrigley Field in honor of Juneteenth. This Wednesday, they want to do this. They want to do this this coming Wednesday. And he has opened up the opportunity for me to bring my mentees that I work with through my nonprofit to attend the screening at Wrigley. Is anybody seeing the world God is expanding through his generosity? Not only everybody has he provided financial opportunities for me to be blessed, but he's also opened up opportunities for me to influence people who don't look like me for Jesus. Opportunities to influence the influential for Jesus. Presidents of sports franchises, professional baseball players, as well as some opening up opportunities to transform the whole next generation for Jesus. Listen, y'all, to have access to bringing inner city boys, 75, 80% of them do not have a strong male role model in their home, expose them to this type of opportunity, to possibly meet players and coaches that they see every day on TV during the summer? Do y'all see how much more influence God is giving me with them, these young boys, because I can expose them to this level of opportunity? How cool is this? And everybody, this is beyond my capacity to even dream about, and God puts it all together like it was nothing. Because uh, there is nothing too hard for God. And everybody, I promise, I'm not special. I promise. This ain't about me. I just happen to have a mic right now to share with you my story. But there's a bunch of people that can testify of God's goodness when we are generous with him with our giving. And I just want to challenge you. In fact, I don't just dare you. I double dog dare you to lay aside your hurt, your doubts, your past poor experiences with people and organizations and give God the opportunity to show you what real generosity looks like when you choose to give him access in this area. I'm a witness, church. He guarantees not only increased blessing, but when we're faithful in our giving to God, God guarantees to increase and enlarge our entire world. But lastly, when we're faithful to God in our giving, God guarantees to return generosity with generosity. He guarantees to return generosity with generosity. I wonder, have you been seeing that pattern uh, and that whole theme play out throughout this talk today? And see, the reason why I feel this point is essential for us to get is, you know, as we do things and as we give and as we're generous and as we begin to see God's guarantees happening around us, the temptation is that we might begin to feel like this is something that we deserve. You understand that we're entitled to because of who we are. 
But I pray we would always be reminded that we are not increased in our blessing and our world is not expanding because of what we do. It's all because of what he did. That's why I love this verse I shared on Second Take last week that the Apostle Paul shared and he wrote when he said, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Everybody, it blows my mind because everything, I mean everything that we have is his. We have nothing. We own nothing. We are nothing without him. And God's indescribable gift of Jesus to us. And because we know that to be true, it's also true that we deserve nothing. Yet, God lavishes upon us the greatest and most generous gift in all creation. The gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, who took our place as our substitute on the cross for our sin. And everybody, because he is Jesus, generous he has an expectation that we, as his people, would model generosity and how we give to him as well as to each other. And everybody, what's crazy to me is as we willingly say yes and model generosity specifically with our finances, he guarantees to return generosity with generosity. Now, who chooses to be generous with what already all belongs to him? Can I tell you? someone who is desperately in love with us and who is more desiring of relationship with us than he is material wealth. And it is that message that I believe Jesus wants us to comprehend, that if we know Jesus, we're guaranteed to know true generosity, but know Jesus guarantees us no true generosity. My prayer, everybody, is that we choose to model generosity with Jesus because of his love and generosity with us. And that we recognize that when we are generous with him, he guarantees us increased blessing, he guarantees us to increase our world, and he guarantees to return generosity with generosity. Let's pray. God, we are in total awe of you. You are so incredibly generous. Uh, if we had 10,000 tongues, we couldn't thank you enough. And as much as you want our thanks, you want us to demonstrate our appreciation by how we model behavior after you. Help us, Father God to deal with whatever limits, whatever issues, whatever hurt, whatever pain we may have around this issue of generous giving and specifically giving generously to you in your church financially. I know most, a lot of us, we, we donate time and we donate our talents, but it's a whole nother level of generosity uh, when we put our money where our mouth is. I pray, Father God, uh, that we will recognize that none of it belongs to us. It all belongs to you, and you have an expectation. God, you're watching how we do in this area, what our attitude is in this area of generosity. And the bottom line is this. There is no way we lose ever being generous because you promise us 
that you will return generosity with generosity. And we're grateful for that because you don't have to do a doggone thing. It all belongs to you. What a mighty God we serve. Help us to model that in our actions as we uh, go deeper in this area of giving generously financially to you, your church, and your kingdom. And God, we will watch you guarantee blessings back to us as we are generous with you. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Kellen will be back with you next week. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.